Hi friends, this is Jonathan Frizz, founder of 10 Days. Earlier this year, I did a series of interviews with my good friend, Greg Healy, attempting to do an in-depth telling of the 10 Days story. 10 Days is a movement that began in 2004. Since then, God has enabled it to expand into a global prayer and unity movement. Trust me, it's taken a lot longer than I initially thought, but after 17 years, it's incredible to see the original vision unfolding before our eyes. Over the years, I've cast vision for 10 days hundreds of times, probably thousands. I've become adept in sharing about 10 days in 30 seconds, five minutes, or 30 minutes, however long they're willing to give me. If it's a really, really good day, I might get an hour to share, which means I can usually get into some pretty cool testimonies. It's been on my heart for some time to do a longer, more leisurely telling where we could really dive deep into the history, the God encounters, the miracles, the mistakes, and the mysteries of this incredible journey. This is the prophetic history of the movement, how we've grown from small beginnings to where we are today. It's also a personal history, a history of faith, fear, tragedy, disappointment, love, and learning how to follow Jesus. In my case, that's often meant learning the hard way. I think this will be an encouragement and an inspiration to you both because of the amazing things that have happened and continue to happen, but also because of the failures and mistakes we've faced along the journey. Hopefully you can avoid some of these pitfalls or else when you encounter whatever you need to encounter and go through what you need to go through, you'll at least know a few things not to do. Following Jesus is the most beautiful thing I can even imagine, but it's also the most painful and it costs us everything. However, at the end of the day, what else are we going to do with our short lives? Why not decide to give everything to the only one found worthy in heaven and on earth, the one who gave everything to make us his own? I hope you enjoy this series. And remember, please subscribe to our podcast as well. These are podcast exclusives, and we hope that you will be encouraged and enjoy them. God bless. Welcome back to the podcast series with Jonathan Frizz, founder of 10 Days of Prayer. Jonathan, how are you doing today? Doing good. Good to be here. Hey, my name's Greg Healy. I'm a friend of Jonathan's and in, involved in the leadership of 10 Days. And we are coming back to 2011, Jonathan, in the uh, city of Boston. There was a unity move going on there. Tell us about that. Yeah, so last time we kind of talked about the first citywide 10 days that we did in, in 2010 on the North Shore and um, had really had vision to do a full 10 days in Boston. Um, like a lot of things before it's happened, um, it seemed as though this was kind of impossible and we heard from a lot of people like, hey, this is pretty impossible to do. And um, But of course that, that wasn't something that was gonna stop us. Um, so you serve the God of the impossible. <laughs> yes. God is into doing impossible things. I briefly mentioned last time we, we were actually thinking about doing it in 2010 and, um, through a series of events, we were, we were part of a solemn assembly. It just ended up sensing the Lord saying, Hey, just lay it down for this year. Um, and kind of make that sacrifice to help with something else, you know, lay down what's actually maybe more on your heart, more important. And so that was a, yeah, difficult thing to do, but I think a good thing to do. 
I was really happy with that solemn assembly in 2010. And um, that winter uh, between 2010 and 2011 was pretty interesting. Um, God gave me this word to pray for snow. And um, just remembering this now as we talk. It's global warming now. <laughs> pray for snow. And, um, you know, it was really funny. So I started praying for snow, and we actually got s- r- no snow. Um, and it was pretty late in the year, and um, no snow was coming. I was like, Lord, am I really here? I'm literally, we're driving back from an event, and I'm literally asking the Lord, Lord, am I hearing you right? Is this really what you want? You want me to pray for snow? And um, as I'm asking him this question, a car drives by me. License plate reads, I kid you not, pray for snow. <laughs> P-R-Y, the, letter, the number four, SNL. SNL. Yeah, and, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, okay, Lord, I guess you want me to pray for snow. Now, we're, we're talking fall, so what is it, September, October? Or? November. We're in November and into December. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, so not in the fall feast period. This no, no, no. This is later. Fall. This is after. And uh, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So anyway, it, it, it leads to um, no snow, no snow. By Christmas, we haven't had snow, which, you know, is we usually have our first snow before then here. And I'm just thinking, what is going on, Lord? And what ends up happening is after Christmas, we start getting pounded with snow. Uh, like once a week, we're getting... 18 to 24 inches. So this is like a general pray for snow for the season. I, I didn't know why. I just felt like this was the Lord. I think it probably, you know, there it, it, we prayed for snow at first. No snow came. In fact, it was later than we thought in normal. And then all of a sudden that year, we just got enormous amounts of snow. Every week we were getting 18 to 24 inches, a new nor'easter, which, you know, uh, and, um, you're from St. Louis, man. You don't, you're the one that doesn't know. <laughs> Being from Connecticut, you know what a nor'easter is. And so, you know, we're getting all this snow. And uh, I asked my landlord, who's, who's from the area, you know, he had come over because our house was covered in snow and had to get it off the roof. I said, hey, you know, how, is this normal? You know, because I'm curious, not being from the region. How does this compare to other years? And is this normal? And he's like, well, you know... Yeah, back in 78, we had a pretty good winter. The blizzard of 78. Right, which is like a famous <laughs> winter. Storm, yeah. and, and so I'm thinking, okay, this is... We had three weeks off from school. Yeah, he's saying like this is the worst he's seen since then. I'm like, all right, that's pretty, that's pretty significant. Um, and so this keeps on going, this keeps on going, and I keep telling the testimony of like, hey, God told me to pray for snow, and then there's all this snow, and... <laughs> Isn't that cool? And everyone's like, what? You're, you're horrible. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> kind of prayer is that, man? <laughs> we don't want any more. And uh, there's just mountains of snow. Anyway, it was, it was kind of cool. I don't even know why I'm getting into so much detail on this, but it is a fun story to tell. I can tell you're excited. Yeah, no, I, I, it's fun to remember. And, um, and then the Lord was like, I want you to stop telling the testimony. And I'm like, okay, why? I didn't know if I was... Mm. bragging or what but after <laughs> i stopped sharing it like really the snow let up it didn't snow for a while and so i was in boston it was february 15th 2011 2011 and all this snow had been falling so we're you know like the streets you're walking on the sidewalk literally it's like you're in a cave because the the snow is piled so high on either side right but on this particular day it's like 75 degrees in the middle of February. 
so it was a really memorable day. It was a really weird day. And so so that's it's uh, a bit extreme back r- and forth. There. Right. It's this juxtaposition of um, very weird weather patterns happening mm. and uh, a very unseasonably warm day. And that was our first day we had a meeting to discuss the uh, doing 10 days in Boston in 2011. Hmm. Uh, just to kind of, so I'm like just sensing like, huh, this feels really significant. Just the weather is very strange. Um, what God was doing was very interesting. And we had a gathering of about 15 people, um, at a friend of mine's house, uh, Kelly, Kelly Steinhaus. Yeah. Kelly. And, um, so we were there, um, to discuss, Hey, does the Lord want us to do 10 days in the fall this year? Was Kelly doing uh, Unite Boston at that time? It was just as she was just starting her ministry. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of very formative time for her. We had just kind of met and gotten connected. And um, as we're there, um, you know, we're praying, we're worshiping, we're seeking the Lord. Is this what you want to have us do? And then because of the weird weather, we're getting this like thunder and lightning. Ah, uh, snow thunder. In the middle of February, which is very atypical, plus like... 70 degree weather while we're inundated in snow. And, um, so as we're, you know, literally as we're just praying, Lord, is this what you want? Like we're hearing this thunder and lightning and everyone's just like, wow, what an interesting moment. And, uh, just had this sense of, yes, this is a yes from the Lord. Gotcha. Um, this is like a sign affirming. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just share all that weird weather just to say there was a sense of like, okay, we, we felt just in the, I don't know what even how to describe it. The combination of natural, spiritual, like, hey, God is saying there's some kind of a shift coming. So uh, did you guys commemorate that with like a polar plunge? <laughs> <laughs> there was no polar plunge. No. Um, it was too warm to go swimming. Well, hey, you know, that, that'd be a good time, right? That would be a good time, right? <laughs> so anyway, that, that's when we decided to move forward with it. And then... It was just really interesting. We had a few other meetings uh, to pray into it, um, and we would just come together and we would pray. So there were there were just a few of us on the kind of leadership team for Ten Days Boston, and what we do is we just get together and we just worship, mm. and then we'd sense, okay, what's God speaking to us? And uh, there's some significant things we we sensed as we did this, and some kind of key breakthroughs. Uh, by the way, if people are planning a 10 days, this is what I recommend you do is the polar plunge, <laughs> not the polar okay. plunge, the Holy Spirit plunge, <laughs> get together with your friends, worship the Lord, wait on him and just, just pray for snow, hear what he's, what he says. If he says, pray for snow, pray for snow. <laughs> and, um, so we saw a couple things. One was, we saw this image of uh, Gulliver or like a giant and we felt like that was a church. Sleeping okay. giant that was sleeping giant yeah. tied down by all these little ropes. And we felt like that was gotcha. all the little offenses, the little things in the body holding us down. And then we saw the church had a white arm and a black arm. And we knew it would take both of those moving in unity to mm-hmm. break out of this entrapment. Right. So there needed to be unity between the African-American church and the white church. We need to move as one. Mm. And so that was part of us hearing from the Lord on how to set up the 10 days. And uh, we would do things specifically in response to that. Um, so how many churches ended up getting involved or how, you know, how did you see this Gulliver emerge? Right. So also as we were planning this, we had some other insights on how we could get more churches involved. 
um, when we did 10 days on the North Shore, it was one church hosted a night, and it moved throughout the city, if you right. recall. It was the rotating uh, night from church right. to church. So we realized we, Format. we realized we could do that same thing, but instead of having one church host a night, we could have many churches host the same night. And so what we did was we kind of planned it out in advance, and um, we we kind of decided, okay, we prayed about it. Lord, who do you want us to invite? Who, you know, who do you want us to invite to host? Single site or multiple sites, multiple churches per site? Multiple churches per site. So, and then we would ask, we, we would invite kind of conveners to um, lead a night mm-hmm. of 10 days, but then call them to call their communities. So we, like for instance, we, uh, one of the nights was a, a group of Korean churches. So we invited kind of a convener within the Korean community who then invited six or seven different Korean churches to come together and host the night together. And so the night was in Korean and English, but mostly Korean. Did you translate? I did not. Oh. Not being a native Korean speaker myself, <laughs> but maybe you could have been there to translate. You know, that is one of the things I do on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Any language is good. Any language. You're like yeah. C-3PO. Why not? So, um, yeah, so we would we would kind of invite a convener to lead, and then they would invite other people. And so through that, we were able to see over 50 churches involved in leading a night of 10 days in 2011. That's great. And was that the most amount of uh, churches that you had had so far in a city participating? Or, or Oh, so, yeah, definitely, definitely. It, okay. was, it was the most. Um, so like five churches on average per night were involved in leading five yep. locations yeah our uh, we had 10 Maybe locations 10. sorry um our our biggest <laughs> night in terms of the number of churches that were involved was 13 we had one night where there were 13 churches leading together and a lot of it ended up being neighborhood based we're kind of jumping ahead of the story a little bit to just talk about how it's organized so we had a lot of neighborhood based um groups so boston has like jamaica, jamaica plains. plains hey you're right we're on the same page Dorchester. Right, right. Revere. Revere. So, <laughs> Somerville. <laughs> so we had a lot of different parts of Boston. Kind the of Back the Bay, Beacon Hill. Church in that area hosting together. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, other times it was around ethnicity or ethnic groups. So we had one night that was like Haitian churches. Great. Um, Korean churches, I mentioned. Um, one night we had... Uh, Messianic and Arab congregations hosting together. So kind of a Middle wow, Eastern that's awesome. theme. Um, and so that's how we organized it. But but the way we organized it was first we just prayed and sought the Lord. Lord, who do you want us to invite? And then we would invite those people, reach out to them, kind of got a sense, and then let them take over and lead and invite people that they knew. And through doing that, we were able to really get a lot of people, really a lot of people we didn't know and a lot of churches we didn't know involved in the Boston area. So one of the challenges I always find in this rotating hosting dynamic of 10 days is uh, plenty of people who are hosting uh, in their churches show up to that particular physical place. But who was traveling for the whole of those 10 days? You and Kelly and what else? Was there a good remnant going between place to place or what? Yeah, we had uh, me, Kelly, and then another uh, gentleman named Frank. Frank was uh, African and uh, African immigrant. 
And so the three of us definitely were. We had a few other people, but we had that same dynamic of people mostly would go to a night in their area, mm-hmm. um, one of those nights. One thing we did that was really cool was we had ongoing prayer during the day. And this is where we kind of leaned into that like black arm, white arm. So we, we did one um, kind of with a church that was mostly white in Cambridge, and then one with a church that's mostly black in um, Mattapan. So we had uh, five days at one and five days at the other. Mm-hmm. So this ongoing prayer rhythm, um, we had a lot of people that were coming for the whole time, uh, you know, and really engaging um, in prayer throughout the days. And those times were some of the best times of the entire 10 days. So that mm-hmm. was more like the retreat, like what we used to do, mm-hmm. where people are really set apart. But we saw some pretty incredible breakthroughs in prayer, even around the issue of racial reconciliation. Mm. Um, just what'd you see there? Give us a testimony. It's, it's hard to put into words. Um, it was like, what was the, what was the, uh, from your perspective, how did 10 days bridge the divide or what is the divide from your perspective and how did 10 days help that? And how is repentance and humility and all the things that 10 days embraces like a help to this dynamic? Right. Right. I, I mean, I think, in terms of the experience of that year, I can't even hardly put it into words other than just there were a lot of people from different races. The Holy Spirit touched down. There was some confession of sin back and forth. All indoor the, snow? That There's no indoor snow. That wasn't the main thing, though. Um, it wasn't this confession dynamic. It was just more like the Holy Spirit landing on us and giving us this incredible love for each other mm-hmm. that just overwhelmed any ethnic racial differences, et cetera. It was just like, okay, we're one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I just remember coming out of that, just like, wow, the love I have for people of different races and ethnicities is had, had never been higher. It was startling. Um, just this, yeah, so love. like a familial love, yeah. like this, you are my brother, you are my sister, we are together in this. Yeah, yeah, and this particular manifestation of it, I would say, where it was super intense like this, lasted probably for a month afterwards. Hmm. It was just this deep love for people. It was Their race wasn't a hindrance in any way, their ethnicity, whatever, their appearance, it even, you know, just like, I, could, I can't even explain it. It's not like, I didn't feel like I was racist before, but there was like, there was such a increase in love that I was experiencing. I felt like before, just my love was super weak. <laughs> you know, in comparison to what I was experiencing during this. And I think too, when we think about racial reconciliation, we think about these things, and of course there's a lot of conflict um, some that is genuine, some that is ginned up where people are trying to maybe promote conflict for political reasons or sure uh, to get clicks for media, you know, for, but the solution to that is the kind of thing we've experienced and tasted. Like when the love of God gets poured out, we forgive each other from the heart and then we start becoming family. Like the solution is really the Holy spirit. Hmm. And, um, the solution is that heavenly worship meeting where every tribe, every language, every ethnic group is represented 
and they're all worshiping Jesus. Like that's the solution. So it's another fulfillment of John 17 and Jesus's prayer. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Uh, and th that's another special. That's another significant way. Yeah. That's another significant reason to do these things is, um, like you said, when we think about John 17, that's obviously going to include this element of all the nations mm. joining together in unity. And we really experienced it that year. Uh, another very significant experience of that year uh, was on the third night. We were in Cambridge and uh, a lot of churches, packed house. Uh, we were just, you know, it was a really great meeting. And then at the end of things... Uh, it just wouldn't end and ended up breaking out in, uh, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. Just a real, the fourth morning move of the spirit. Uh, one of the pastors who came in late said just entering the building was like riding a wave wow. of the Holy spirit. Um, Kelly like who had, uh, we were, you know, organizing this together with, with Frank. And, uh, she said, you know, in the middle of it, she's like, I've never been in a revival before, but it feels a lot like this, right? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is revival. This is what revival is like. This is we're that, in that we're, old sage, Jonathan, we're in his commentary we're, on all the revivals he's been through. We're first in and second great awakening. We're in revival. <laughs> and, um, so that was a really powerful and amazing night. We also had some real duds, um, mainly just mainly one, but the nights varied. Tell us about a dud. Like, what, you know, people want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why was it a dud? Like, what happened? Sure. Well, using this model um, puts a lot of pressure on the, the local church that's hosting the 10 days. Yep. And so we had a, an issue where, um, you know, it's a cross-cultural communication issue. Okay. So it, we're going cross-cultural. We're trying to communicate this new model of doing things. Of course, sure. they're not familiar with it. We've never done it before. We're just trying. Right. And um, essentially, you know, they're like, hey, we're so excited. You know, we get there and the first thing that they say is like, hey, we're so excited. You're going to bring all these people here. And we're like, mm. hmm, okay, that's already a, a breakdown. <laughs> because the idea was... That the local know, setting would yeah. invite people and bring people. This is a common 10 days issue because 10 days is decentralized. You don't helicopter in the crowd. Right. Um, and people, it's really about their community and their relationships. Right. right. And the power is um, pulling on the you know, local leadership. And, uh, but in this case, you know, so we had a very small turnout, uh, but also just, everything that happened was just not super great. You know, like it wasn't really powerful spiritually. It wasn't this or that. There were a lot of communication errors. And, um, you know, at the end of it, I honestly, I just, I'm, I just thought, you know, Lord, I just feel like you're laughing at us right now. Like you just wanted to pull <laughs> your hoodie over your head and walk out quietly. I, I felt, uh, I actually felt fine about it. I was just kind of laughing about it myself. Like, all right, Lord, we're trying to bring your church together and there's bumps in the road. Who would have sure who would have ever thought that there could be a few bumps in the road? Nothing to be ashamed um, or to stop you. But yeah, that was uh, uh, one example of kind of a, a bump. Uh, other other examples of bumps, and I'll I'll pull from a different couple of different ones, but you know, or just when 
kind of the other way. Like on the one, people are looking for you to bring all the life, all the energy. On the other hand, sometimes people have a gathering and don't even make mention that this is part of 10 days, that it's part of a bigger movement. Uh, we were sharing, we, we had asked, you know, Hey, let us share every night oh, yeah, to right. share some of the vision. Yep. And, um, you know, certain nights that didn't happen or we were just kind of like, yeah, it's interesting. I've been in that position as well, where you go and you're hoping and expecting that we get to talk about 10 days and that's purpose and what God is up to maybe give some reports about what ha was happening elsewhere. And then you go and then no mention is ever made of 10 days. Right. It's just like a meeting. Right. Right. So people are just like, Oh, we're, we went to a prayer meeting at this church or a worship right. meeting at this church. Right. And so that's, um, that, that can be difficult and a little bit frustrating as a leader, but you just have to recognize, okay, this is where the church is at. And that can happen for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Especially that once they see you walk in the door, they just say, no, he's not getting the microphone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I can I can understand that too certainly um, how they would feel that way so so you know those kind of things those kind of things happen and were difficult I find in ten days a lot of times things that happen towards the end are more challenging for me because mm -hmm. I'm tired you know like after doing all this prayer uh, worship etc you know it's more easy for me to be impatient to mm. um, you're not perfect get offended towards the end. <laughs> I know that's news to you. Um, and so, yeah, those were some, a few of the challenges that we faced. And then, um, this whole 10 day Boston experience ended in a partnership with kind of a partner ministry. One of our friends, um, Zenzo Matoga and the United Night of Worship. Yeah. Zenzo. And so the whole thing kind of built up to this, uh, massive gathering, um, at the Aganis arena which is a major sports venue in, in Boston and just a night of worship, um, with, uh, believers from all over the city. And so it was pretty amazing way to wrap up. Right. Cause there probably, it was probably a good crowd. Yeah. I think about 7,000 people were there. So.